It's amazing that your people can fall in love so fast. Love? That word is unknown here. I'm simply looking for a female swollen with eggs to accept my genetic material. You and me both, brother. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 5, Why Must I Be a Crustacean in Love? And finally, we have a Zoidberg episode. It is a very Zoidberg-heavy episode. I can think of no way to make it more Zoidberg. We go to his home planet. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself already. I'm very excited, if you cannot tell. Mike has been waiting for this one for a while. Oh, I've been stuffed full of male jelly. We've been building this one up for weeks, where every time I was like, oh, it's just, it's three more episodes, two more episodes. It's been this weird countdown. It's been very good. Look, I know what Mike likes, and it's Zoidberg. Oh, give me all that Zoidberg that you have. All about that Zoidberg. All about that Zoidberg. No bender. No bender. <laughs> I apologize to everybody listening. Um, oh, no need to apologize to that if, if we didn't apologize for the Margaritaville last week. I apologize for the Margaritaville last week. Okay, well, there we go. So in this episode, uh, it's another one with no cold open. Sort mm-hmm. of a trend in season two so far. Not a lot of cold opens, right. which is fine. Um, it kind of opens on a TV commercial because Ben and uh, Ben Durr. Oh, wait a minute. I've never caught on to that before. Is you've, it because of your name? You've never caught on that Bender, <laughs> like the first three letters in Bender is my name. I am shocked. Shocked and appalled. I'm shocked that you didn't catch that. Yeah, that's a good point. I, uh, uh, I'm not an observant man. Uh, so basically, they're <laughs> Bender and Fry are watching TV, and there's a, uh, a commercial for RoboRooter, um, and he can, you know, plumb your, he can plumb your depths. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> he can help with that impacted bowel. So There are definitely times in my life where I get that jing- uh, the jingle for the imaginary RoboRooter <laughs> service where he's just like, we can also help with that impacted bowel. Just like... Robo-Rooter. I'm, it gets in my head, and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing to get in my head. <laughs> because if I, if I said that, like if I sang that jingle, yeah. people would be very worried about me. Uh, yes, I can understand that 100%. There are other, other things that we could sing that people would be really uh, nervous about us as well. Um, mostly anything <laughs> like Team America... Anything from Book of Mormon, perhaps? Uh, I've maybe accidentally said some things from Book of Mormon before. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a commercial for Robo Rooter, and it looks like they're watching All My Circuits, which is a pretty normal thing. Sure. And Fry is eating a, uh, a hot dog that turns out to be a self-microwaving Bavarian cream dog. Mm-hmm. So he's eating it, and Bavarian cream is coming out of this hot dog, and he pushes, it, pushes a button on the hot dog, and it nukes it and leaves a silhouette <laughs> yes. against the wall. And 
it, it just sounds like the worst thing to possibly eat. But he is so... He's, he's excited because he's it's so the future. Excited. The future finally has a self-microwaving Bavarian cream dog. We did it, everyone. R- roll down the banner. Where's the balloons? We did it. You didn't buy any balloons for this bit. I thought we had talked. Oh, dang it. Bender is also out of beer. And so he he's like, I don't know if I even have the energy to get more beer. And he pushes a button on a remote. Sure. And this arm comes out of the TV and tries to pour a beer directly into his mouth. And then it's miscalibrated a it little miscalibrates, bit. And he's like, oh, what is this? The Middle Ages? And he has to slump down in his chair to get that beer flowing directly into his, his, his mouth. In the great list of Futurama uh, phrases I say all the time, what is this? The Middle Ages is definitely up there. <laughs> I say that a lot. There. At this point, Amy and Leela kind of come in and see these two sacks of, of crap on the... Uh, uh, on the couch. And Fry gets indignant about being called a sack. <laughs> yes. Like, sack. Uh-huh. And then Fry's, uh, or uh, Bender's compartment door won't even close anymore. And Amy notes, that doesn't even make any sense. But uh, the women of Planet Express are heading off to the gym, and they try to get mm-hmm. Bender and Fry to join them. And Zoidberg rushes in, is just super excited about, you going to the gym? Let's go. And he's super excited because he says... Um, and I quote, for some reason, I've been feeling as frisky as a squid on Tuesday. You just think about how frisky that squid is on a Tuesday. That's another one that I say <laughs> that it's nobody understands. It's a great line. I'm as frisky as a squid on Tuesday. Next time. Also, please don't say that directly to me in the future. Here's some dating advice. Okay, I'm listening. Not for you. I'm pointing at Mike. He's a married man. This is this goes I'm out. So, I'm sorry, everyone. This goes out to all the single listeners that we all have all the single listeners all the single listeners if you wow, bad. i'm sorry okay if on. you are setting up a dating site profile uh tinder for example put in your tinder profile i'm as frisky as a squid on tuesday <laughs> and that's it uh let us know how many matches you get on tinder uh feel free to tweet that at us at back to futurama and Tell us um, all about this this wonderful date that you go on because you set your profile to Frisky as a Squid on Tuesday. And if if when you get those matches, you just know they're your people. They're the same. They're same people that are probably super excited about this podcast. They they'll probably listen to the podcast with you. I don't really have a anything to I say to that. I can tell that. Um, <laughs> they go to the gym, and mm. I just I I want to point out a couple of um, uh, gym. Uh, pieces of gym equipment that they have hit uh, me be- with that uh they have the kegel sizer <laughs> which weirds me out every time but um, okay if you don't know about kegels which i'll admit i don't know a ton about them uh i would advise you to google it yourself because <laughs> i don't I, I definitely am not licensed to, to talk it talk about it on a podcast i'll explain those when you're older Please, please wait until I'm much older. Thank you. They also have a punching bag that punches you, which reminded me of Yakov Smirnov. That is a very Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, in Soviet sort of. Russia, punching bag punches you. I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's also a very, very funny visual gag to see this dude just get clobbered by this punching bag robot. It is terrific. Fry decides to go hang out in the steam room. Uh, which he believes is a co-ed steam room. Mm-hmm. Amy Amy suggests it, and Amy and Leela 
go in, go and with Fry into the steam room, which is again Fry thinks it's all you know all sexes or, or genders or whatever, just co-ed. Uh, Amy and Leela are very nonchalant about telling him it's the women's. I mean, they they tell him, and uh, it's sort of implied that they've already told him, but they're just like, um, yeah, this isn't a co-ed. Um, but they're just like hanging out, and mm-hmm. then they make a crack about how uh, bad women had it before genetic, genetic engineering. Engineering, yeah. and Fry gets very uh, embarrassed about uh-huh. his uh, his bits. There's a lot going on on in this scene for for current day, but we'll leave it there. I suppose at this point we should also maybe give a warning that we're going to talk a lot about bits and oh yeah, it's going to be a fluids ro- and erotic displays. So I've written down erotic in this notebook multiple times. I almost said so strap in, and that would have been very <laughs> bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, buckle up. Uh, oh man, this is going to be this is going to be. <laughs> wild uh so is, while while amy and fry and leela are in the uh women's steam room uh zoidberg goes to play b-ball with the nautilus the nautilus is like an exercise i believe bike or something so it's implied that he's gonna go there and then the, like a literal like snail man oh you're right i never up. i never caught that joke before because i, I don't go to the gym ever because <laughs> i'm much more of a fry than a leela I too am a, more of a fry than a Leela, but I'm, they've also advertised on TV before. I'm much more likely to be spending my commercial breaks uh, microwaving Bavarian cream dogs since they don't microwave <laughs> themselves yet. It, we need to get our best men on this. Fry go, after going in the... <laughs> after spending some time in the steam room, Fry decides to start lifting some weights, and he's lifting these big, heavy weights, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Man, look at me! I'm so strong!" Yeah, and he's trying to impress Leela, who walks up and sees him lifting these heavy weights. Uh, she realizes that the the gravity has been turned down and turns it back up. And at that point, he immediately gets crushed by the weights. Sure. And Zoidberg rushes in, picks up the weights, and just starts pumping iron, he, and he, he keeps like shrugs fry off the uh the weight bench and lays down and just goes to town on some weights and he is he's he keeps shouting for more weight and they keep putting more weights on the the bar the bar yes at what at one point uh his kind of the fin on his head expands which we've never seen before which this is, is a new this thing is a new thing which is why fry refers to it on the jazz on his head and he kind of just ignores that and keeps asking for more weight to the point where, yeah, they're climbing onto the weights to just to add more weight to this thing. And uh, and uh, he continues to ask for more weight, which Leela says, why don't you do more reps with less weight? To which he, well, I mean, like he's flipping out already, but he doesn't really appreciate that, I don't think, and like snaps the bar in three pieces and then goes on a rampage at the gym, like throwing away, like knocking over uh Knocking over gym equipment, uh, making a spin class pedal much faster in in fear, and then going into a a pregnant exercise class. I believe it was called pregnant size. I did not have that written down. Thank you very much. Uh, he makes multiple pregnant women uh, deliver their babies in the pool. 
and then the uh, instructor for pregnant size says, is anyone here a doctor? And then he comes back and he's like, I'm a doctor. And then more women start freaking out and that causes more of them to go into labor. Mm-hmm. I just realized, I know I know, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves again, but I also don't want to get to the point like we did in Fry and the Slurm Factory. There are a good amount of people or characters in this episode that are basically space lobsters. I know. I mean, we'll we'll get there. I uh, will we because we didn't unfry in the slurm factory when we should have discussed that they were worms a long time before. We then. we will get there. I, I just want to be out there in front of it, <laughs> including Zoidberg. They go back to Planet Express and they're all wondering just what happened. Uh, Zoidberg has rubber bands around his claws, which is just incredible. And Leela comments that. And I love this line. She's like, I don't know what happened. Out of all of us, Dr. Zoidberg always seemed the most normal. Which is possibly the best sentence about Zoidberg, (laughs) especially as they continue his characterization throughout the series, where it's like, this is the tipping point for him. And he just, whoosh, it goes. Uh, Zoidberg asks Amy to take the the, uh, rubber bands off his claws. And uh, she's like, nice try. Fool me seven times shame on you fool me eight or more times shame on me <laughs> and i just i very much enjoy that line it's very um, good and she's also very uh like torn up pieces of her her hair are missing she's got like she's very obviously made this mistake seven times very clearly yes as we uh the professor kind of uh i tries to identify what's going on with him he uh he gives he attempts to give him a sed, uh, give uh, Zoidberg a sedative, but the needle snaps and Zoidberg immediately says, "Oh, I'm feeling much better now. Can you take off these uh, rubber bands?" And Amy is just super ready to do it, and everybody holds her back from it because obviously that didn't actually do anything. And at this point, Bender is also just like, "Oh, it's so sad when your friend goes insane and you have to hold a big clam bake and cook him." And like, uh, he's just super ready to. Hey, he's throw Zoidberg in a pot of boiling water and feast up. Well, I mean, he is the cook of the the ship, so you know when when you see an opportunity, a a, co- a, a meal opportunity, you got to go after it. I I sorry for meal opportunity, everybody. That was a mistake. Please tweet at me back to Futurama to tell me how bad it was. Oh, I'm doing that right now as we record. This that tweet's going to not make any sense until uh, Thursday. The professor lets everybody know that what's causing this is that. It's about the time for Zoidberg's people to start mating. And so he is therefore filled with male jelly. Yep. Yes. Yep. So that's super. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of things to say about that. Um, so so basically, they they determine they need to get to his home, ancient home planet uh, for invertebrate sex. And uh, erupt in an orgy of invertebrate sex is, I believe, the line. And Fry's... Very excited about this. He, he says, no need to pack pants, people. Let's move. And Leela's like, do you even know what invertebrate means? And he's like, invertebrate's not the word I was listening for. <laughs> oh, Fry. But yeah, they all uh, rush Dr. Zoidberg back to his ancient home world. Decapod 10. And it's the first time we see Decapod 10. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is actually the first time it even gets a name. I think so, yeah. So they, they go to Decapod 10. Well, right before they leave, uh, <laughs> Amy comes up with the rubber bands and she <laughs> says, Dr. Zoidberg said I should hold these while while he's gone. 
And everyone because just kind of groans like, ugh. It's a bit that just keeps paying off it's very and I good. love it. Um, so they go to Decapod 10 to get him laid with invertebrate sex. Oh yeah. Aw, snap. He's going to attract a female with an erotic display. Leela questions sort of how the the Decapodians fall in love so fast. You know, they go from nothing to, to being in love. Zoidberg explains that his species does not know about love. It's not an emotion that, that has ever really come into their culture. And that... Uh, <laughs> this is this is the weirdest <laughs> thing about the episode because we get a lot of lines like this is uh, this is no no let me finish i was gonna say <laughs> the weirdest thing about this episode is that we get a lot of very weird lines like tomorrow i will be depositing my jelly in the cloacal vents of a female <laughs> if you catch my drift <laughs> This episode was made for Ben's euphemism corner. <laughs> if only they knew. Or Zoid- maybe they did. Zoidberg also explains that he's not really looking for love. He says, I'm simply looking for a female swollen with eggs to accept my genetic material. Because Zoidberg is a poet. <laughs> I'm sorry. These are, these are too direct to be in euphemism corner. Well, the the first one he even follows up with, if you catch my drift, like he's trying so hard yeah. to get this, like to be a euphemism. And he's just explaining how babies are made pretty much in clinical descriptions. Sure. Well, he is a doctor, so. And a poet. And a, a doctor and a poet. They end up going to his old scuttling grounds, which was looks to be kind of like a little tide pool. He uh, a crab kind of starts walking up to him, and he says, "Who's the tough guy now, Vinny?" And eats him completely. They also get to witness something called Klaplach. Yes. I'm not Klaplach. That's, that's the best I can pronounce it. Good um, thing we never have to say it again. I mean, we'll be saying it in the next fifteen minutes. It is the way that they solve disputes, um, including whether or not abbreviations count in Scrabble. Yes. Matters of honor. And whether or not abbreviations matter in Scrabble. They don't. Fry gets bored and he's like, I didn't come here to watch two dudes going at it. Like, <laughs> oh, show, show me where the erotic display happens. And it turns out it's the same place that it does here on Earth. The beach. So, so they go to the to the beach uh, for Zoidberg's erotic display where he's he's worried about his stink glands not being stinky enough and he, he his dirt not you know his his appearance not looking as dirty. I, I don't know have a, another word to say about that, um, but it ends up looking like every single other erotic display on the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get another disturbing line this time from bender where he's like he's no different than the rest of you organisms shooting dna at each other to make babies (laughs) i mean it's true but you don't need to word it like that it's the most clinical term you can use for this kind of thing which is pretty amazing um unfortunately though zoiberg doesn't have much success um with his erotic display having multiple i was listening to it with uh subtitles and one is a very like hopeful hopeful krill or whatever it was it's like you're putting you're putting a lot into this netflix um so he doesn't have much success until uh an old an old uh classmate of his edna shows up they sort of exchange some pleasantries you know just about how long it's been and all of that and uh 
Edna has heard that Zoidberg has become a rich doctor, and Zoidberg says, I have been involved in a few mercy killings. <laughs> and uh, he he tries to flirt with Edna a bit, mostly by uh, just kind of leaning over and going, Craw. Wow, I'm sorry. I just need to take a moment, listeners. There was some... some- Magnetism there is some chemistry going on in here. <laughs> um, he, also, as long as we're getting weird, might as well. Let's go. I have I have an all an all caps uh, note here that says, "Why do the lobster women have breasts?" <laughs> you know, that's a good point. I was thinking about it too. They're very sh- they're shaped like human women. Uh huh. It's very bizarre because why would they have? Yeah, why would they have breasts? Uh huh. There's no reason for them to, but they do, and it weirds me out. <laughs> oh, and then the very next note I have is Zoidberg is sad. <laughs> we 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 take the best notes here on Back to the Futurama. <laughs> um, but uh, while while Zoidberg is sad, Fry tries to cheer him up mm-hmm. and sort of uh, show him the ropes. And he's like, "All you have to do is just hold her hand and mm-hmm. pretend to cry yeah. and say I've never been so happy." And Leela's like, "No, I I if a guy tried that on me, I would know that." She's like, "Wait a minute, they've all done that, even, even Sean." Sean. And she runs out crying because uh, she's unfortunately not apparently had a real human connection yet, which is really sad. But Zoidberg seems impressed and asks Fry to help him out. Well, he his this this concept of love intrigues him, so he wants to learn how to fake it. Not like what real love is. He just wants to learn how to fake it. Yes, tell me how to fake it. So they sit down in a like it looks like a makeshift classroom. There's it a really does chalkboard, a digital chalkboard, sure. which I would totally want one of those. By sure. the way, oh well, I feel uh, like technology is like almost there. Well, next next Christmas, just I will I'll make it happen for you, my friend. Bry is kind of going over the ropes uh, with Zoidberg, just sort of the basics. Really throwing out some some kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, Fry doesn't. Fry really doesn't get it. I mean, he's he's like, you gotta pretend that you have some feelings. And Zoidberg says, "Is desire to mate a feeling?" Arguably, it is. Zoidberg's questions always just come back to like, when do you get to the mating? Sure. Uh, why aren't? Why wouldn't we be mating yet? Like, when when does the mating actually occur? Kind of after they do this weird lesson, they decide to do a little field trip. Uh, they go over to Edna's place, where. Uh, Fry hides while Zoidberg throws an octopus at her, at her window and she kind of pops out and they kind of Fry gives him lines to ask about like how was your day and it was really nice to see you and things like that. And this seems to get Edna actually uh interested in Zoidberg. I believe the way she puts it is that when he talks that way his obvious deficiencies as a male seem less obvious somehow. Well, I mean it, that uh, some smooth talking can make that happen, I guess. I would never know this because, as you can hear on this podcast, I am not a smooth talker. But I am. It's true. I mean, I'm a smooth talker. And if we want to talk about erotic displays, erotic, erotic, erotic. 
The whole time that Zoidberg and Edna are talking, Fry's hiding under a shell and feeding him all of these lines. Sure. So nothing that Zoidberg is saying is of his own thought process. And he even calls Fry out a couple of times like, it doesn't make sense. Why would I want to know about her day? Or he does, he does ask, like, when do we get to the mating? Third date. And the way that Zoidberg takes some of these lines uh, are pretty good. I mean, when Fry says to compliment that it looks like she maybe lost some weight, Zoidberg says, you look malnourished. Do you have a parasite? <laughs> Which she, she says, like, why, yes, thank thanks you for, for noticing. noticing. <laughs> you may also want to put that in your Tinder dating profiles. Please do. After this, they decide to go to the Red Primate Restaurant. Nice. Which, yeah, nice little take on Red Lobster there. And it's only there for just a quick I, second. I didn't catch that one. Fry and Leela and Edna and Zoidberg are all And out. Bender. Is Bender there? Bender's there. Oh, yeah, because he's telling a story about, like, returning a stolen heart or something. And becoming honest Bender. <laughs> um, yeah, they're all ha- hanging out at Red Primate. Which seems like a, a, a kind of a date, but kind of a way to soften the blow. Mm-hmm. So it's not just Zoidberg and Edna, it's pretty much everybody. Ryan hands Zoidberg a note to read that says, Of all those slimy, gross crab monsters <laughs> on this planet, you are apparently the hottest. He, he, <laughs> he also attempts to give a, a, a toast to coat check number 484, because Zoidberg is the smoothest. Edna uh, excuses herself to the restroom. I think she says she needs to powder her face flaps. I was going to gloss over that, but yes, she does say that. I will not gloss over face flaps, my friend. Uh, Leela goes with her. Yeah, Leela's like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like runs. In the restroom, Leela explains that Fry's been feeding Zoidberg all these lines, and Edna is impressed by the utter wordsmithery that fry has been displaying that is exactly the kind of word i'd use to discuss his word smithery because it's not great <laughs> either of them are oh. um so uh edna at, like sends a flounder over to fry <laughs> it's i'm not joking like it's, it's a literal flounder a fish that says we need to talk or i want to talk to you about zoidberg and it's written on a fish <laughs> And then when he gets there, it like drops out of his hands and flops over to an open like puddle. Oh. And it's it's such a throwaway joke and it's so amazing. <laughs> um, um, so he goes over to her place and she's in the sultriest lobster lingerie you can think of. The sultriest lobster lingerie. Now, uh, it's... It- there's that smooth talking again. I'm just going to practice all of my sexy speak by, <laughs> by saying some of these ridiculous lines. <clears throat> Here we go. The sexiest lobster lingerie. Tweeted us, at Back to Futurama. <laughs> Let us know how Ben did there. <laughs> which, which, again, I'm surprised you don't, you don't react to the fact that she is wearing what seems to be human lingerie on a lobster body because she has breasts. Oh, she's very oh those womanly. Oh, she's incredibly human womanly here. Yeah, she just starts straight up going after Fry. Mm-hmm. Fry is still trying to hype up Zoidberg because, you know, good wingman. Yep. 
But she just she wants none of it. She is just she's jumping on him. Yeah, she's, she wants she's straight up saying, Fry, I want you to mate with me tomorrow during the mm-hmm. frenzy. And uh, Zoidberg comes in while they are making. Well, she's well, no. making out with him. She has him. She has his face in his, her, her, her face flaps. Face flaps. Yeah. Just like controlled. Very slimy. It does um, look gross. Yes. I do also want to mention real quick before Zoidberg comes in, though, that when he's still trying to talk up Dr. Zoidberg, uh, he says that Dr. Zoidberg has male jelly coming out the wazoo. She's like, well, that is where that comes out. (laughs) That line has single-handedly ruined the phrase (laughs) coming out of the wazoo for me for all time. And by ruined, I mean has made better and wholly inappropriate. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> so now Zoidberg does come in after uh, after Edna is basically trying to uh, make out in love on Fry. And unsurprisingly, Zoidberg is pretty jealous. Zoidberg challenges Fry to claw-plock. Claw-plock. And then he, every time he says it, he, he like <laughs> clicks his hands, uh, clicks his claws like... Like every That's time. That's really good. You did a good job on that. I want to just call that out. And this is not a tweet at Back to Futurama thing. That was really good. Thank you. In addition to really upselling that sexy lobster lingerie. Um, <laughs> 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 that does actually remind me of a, of a pretty great story, though. L- no lingerie is involved. Oh, but, well, now, um, now I'm dubious. There was a, there was a, a night some friends and I went out and uh, because... Uh, a friend of mine has a lobster dress. It's a dress ju- that just has lobsters all over it. Okay, all right, And I good. found this tie that has little crabs all over it. And so I was like, we should totally go hit the town dressed up with this ridiculous gear. And then her sister put on a dress that had an octopus on it. I don't think anybody noticed the whole night. But the whole night we were just like, we are covered in these sea creature, like fancy dress-up clothes. And uh, we had a good time. It sounds like you did. <laughs> I appreciate this very much. That was a story that I enjoyed and no one else no, did. No, that's not true. I enjoyed it and I'm sure our listeners did too. And it's and it's during the right episode of this podcast because there's so many crustaceans in it, my goodness. I'll see if I can find a picture of my uh, crab tie. And, oh, uh, please tweet that as tweet Back that to the Futurama. So uh, as, we, as Fry is kind of deposited in front of the king of... Decapod 10. I assume he's a king. He seems kingly. I didn't quite catch the the regal. Name. I mean, he he has devoted himself to a life of celibacy because he is royal despite having uh the most male jelly. It's true. Uh we learned that Clawplock is only 18 years old and once it is invoked, it cannot be revoked. Uh so yeah, Fry is is in on this. Because Fry guessed the animal that the emperor thought of, he gets to choose his weapon first. Sure. And he chooses a lobster cracker, which we 100% tr- just double checked. Like, what is this actually called? Because I still don't believe it's a lobster <laughs> cracker. You you get it like if you buy get a lobster yeah, in a restaurant you, mm-hmm. and you use it to crack the the limbs and the the lobster of it to get the meat out of the lobster so i mean i i grew up in colorado so like the last thing you ever wanted to do was eat lobster because who knows where that thing came from you so have i've got point. no idea yeah. i don't know how to eat lobster I, I don't either which is why 
uh, one time I ordered lobster and my wife had to do it for me, which, uh, you know, I'm proud. I'm not proud of it, but I'm not un- like my wife is amazing. And uh, she she got, got me all the meat on that lobster. Zoidberg decides that his weapon of choice is going to be just his bared claws mm-hmm. because not a, like a bared claw, but like his. <laughs> just, <laughs> this crab is just like, I'm going to grab the bear paws. <laughs> um, no, he wants to he wants to use his own claws so that he can uh, feel the feeling of killing Fry. Sure. As as you do. I will. I would like to note that Bender is starting bets on the match. Zoidberg uh, asks uh, if is, asks Fry if um, disemboweling is fatal to his species, and once he r- finds out that yes, it is, he places a heavy bet on himself. Oh yes. Um, I I actually caught something in the subtitles while I was listening to it. The battle theme is the one from Star Trek, and I'm not really a Trekkie, so I mm-hmm. wouldn't know. But this seems like if it is, I, I'm I'm assuming it is if the, if it's in the sub- subtitles. Wait, so the subtitles told you that? Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I always knew it was from Star Trek. Sure, but well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a Trekkie, so I don't know that. Just part of my DNA. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars nerd. I'm sorry for uh, making half the audience hate me, but I I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sure I, I understand. But the fact that it's a Star Trek reference is an interesting thing as well because mm-hmm. in Futurama at least right now it's, it's okay to make these star trek references but in the future it, uh, there's an episode later that doesn't and i mean we've talked about this a little yeah. bit before it doesn't make sense to have these star trek sure, references but, peppered in but the thing is it's that's not the characters making a reference to star trek they they say that it's the decapodian national anthem and so it's just it's the writers making a Star Trek reference. It's not people in the show referencing Star Trek. Well, at some point that ha- that had to be cr- retr- like that anthem had to be created. And are we saying that the even though Star Trek existed in the universe that this is in, they don't know that? Like w- uh, it kind of depends on where you want to intersect the future existence of Star Trek with the current existence of Star Trek and how they lose the battle music. Yeah, but you're also overthinking it because I'm pretty sure they were literally just like, we want to use the theme from the uh, the Star Trek uh, fight music from that one episode, which I looked up before we started recording and I've already forgotten the name of the episode. But Excellent. Um, no, you're probably right. I'm probably overthinking it. I just thought it was a very interesting thing, especially when with Star Trek being such a, you know, a, a touch point in this series as well because of what later on it, what happens basically but i can see your point where they're just like yeah i can see your point sure if like us you're maybe not a huge star trek nerd i'm also star wars um but uh i couldn't tell if that was you trying to do chewbacca or a lightsaber so poorly on both i see if like us you're not uh, a star trek uh fan i'll uh edit in the, the little clip here for you so Uh-oh. Begin! they start fighting um to that music the the fight's pretty good um mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of difficult to like really go into sure. a, a shot by shot thing right. for this bender is a- actively trying to get fry to either lose or dive take a dive to because he 
has bets on the, the match, of course. And to the point where he even at one point asks Fry, like when he's in a, a headlock, to just throw the match. And Fry reminds him that it's a fight to the death, and Bender acts very indignant about it. And <laughs> so now basically calls Fry you. selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a, now you get to make it about you, and walks away. Um, so yeah, the, the battle kind of moves on. Um, at one point, Edna yells, I can't stand to look. Um, that causes uh, Zoeberg to look over at her while they're in kind of like hand-to-hand combat. Fry gains the upper hand and has his neck, uh, Zoidberg's neck in the lobster cracker. They kind of stop fighting for a bit because Fry doesn't want to kill Zoidberg. His friend. And Fry gives this impassioned speech about kindness and that, you know, he doesn't want to straight up murder his friend with a giant lobster cracker. And in the middle of this, Zoidberg reaches over and just snips his right arm off. Uh, Fry kind of reacts negatively to this negatively to this <laughs> you say that like that's a surprising thing uh-huh he calls he says you bastard and starts beating him with the severed arm <laughs> which is a good visual it's gag. a very good visual um the battle kind of just continues from there uh until leela says to tell you know basically says stop no one's here because it's time for the mating frenzy and so it cuts to the beach where there are pairs of these lobster people going into the ocean together in sort of this over-stylized, like, romantic look. Mm -hmm. And then the ocean gets uh, what I will simply describe as frothy. I have it as weird green foam. I'm going to leave it at that. I do want to point out that Edna is mating with the king. Who just explained that he has devoted his life to celibacy. Well, well, not anymore he hasn't. Um, And based on that um, froth foam whatever we want to call it gross everyone is sufficiently grossed out in the show like bender and in the audience really yes i think it's that but the fact that the audience the characters are also being like oh gross is is useful for the audience to be like oh it's not just me they're all walking on the beach Mm -hmm. and fry is is consoling uh dr zoidberg by patting him with his severed (laughs) arm severed arm zoidberg says that it's the greatest experience in life and he missed it and what is he supposed to do with all this male jelly now? And Fry is like, I'll let you borrow this. And like hands him his arm. <laughs> Which is the weirdest, the weirdest joke. But it's, it's, it's so a weird good. and amazing joke. Um, but what it turns out that once uh, Decapodians uh, mate, they die. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, seagulls are there to collect on the bounty of that. Um, so he, Zoidberg has to choose between a life without sex or a gruesome death, which Fry is like tough choice. Then on the, the trip back home, they're in the planet express ship and Zoidberg is apologizing and reattaching Fry's arm. And he declares the operation a success. He's put both arms on one side though. So, yeah. So Fry asks him to go give it another try. You know, for my friend anything cuts it off with this like electric hacksaw it turns out he cuts off his legs first he's like all right well third time's the charm and then he slices something and then we just hear a thud and that is the episode a weird note for the episode to end but you know i mean it's a weird episode in general that's true well now based on that what should we go to i think it's time to talk about grades So, as we all know, 
Uh, I'm a very Zoidberg. I'm a very I'm a very Zoidberg fan. Wow, such Zoidberg, <laughs> very fan. Wow. So here's the the thing to me about this. This isn't one of my best, my favorite episodes. I don't think, especially now, as this episode to me is is very. It's good. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of kind of weird regressive stuff within it, okay. like the uh, the backwards idea of what love is or acting love or whatever, and and it's kind of a little less tolerable for me. Okay, uh, maybe this is because I've aged. Maybe I've moved out of where they were trying to pitch that joke to, but I find the the fry being insincere about love being very off putting personally okay there's a lot of good jokes in here and a lot of the zoidberg stuff still lands it's just that part is hard for me to dis you know disengage from the rest of it just because that's where the the plot is um i do i'm always in love when whenever they do more um characterization on the characters and you know adding this you know zoidberg doesn't know what love is and then figures out what love jealousy and and the the passion for for murder basically is the fact that he gets these, he gets more of a backstory. He gets Decapod 10. He gets all these other things. I can't say it's a bad episode. I think, I think my negative reading on it is my own thing. And I, I understand that a lot of people may not read it the same way. And I, 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 I'm not saying I'm any kind of authority on this, but I think I'm not going to give it a very high grade as much as everyone would expect. I would, I'd probably give it like a B minus. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was not expecting that at all. I, I knew I was probably going to zag on you a little bit. Well, now, let me explain why I'm very surprised by this. Because for me, I really enjoy a very, very much about this episode. Uh, when I was watching it earlier uh, to, to take some notes for this, sh- uh, for this episode, there were many, many times I was laughing out loud. Um, it's... It's an episode that I feel like if I really wanted to just get into it, like I know we've talked about how there are some episodes where it feels kind of like we're just throwing quotes back and forth at each other because they're good quotes. Um, I feel like with this episode, this is one where I could really do that. If I really wanted to take time to write down every single quote that I loved, this would be a two hour episode where I would basically just say a quote, tell you why it's funny, and laugh about it for like five minutes because I'm just that bad of a podcast host. (laughs) Um, Please let me explain to you why funny jokes are funny. It's it's an episode that I'm laughing about from almost from the start to finish. I mean, the the whole thing is just great. I get what you're saying about the the sort of uh, regressive attitudes by Fry. But I'm willing to let that slide because I'm willing to let a lot of things Bender do slide. Uh, and I'm not saying that his attitude is good. Um, I don't think that faking being in love just to shoot DNA at each other is necessarily the best way to go through life. But I think it's a very funny episode where I'm just laughing the whole time. It's got a lot of good bits from Zoidberg, who we haven't seen much of uh, until this point. I mean, it, 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 I was laughing the whole time, and this is maybe going to be the biggest surprise of all. I'm going to give it an A+. Wow, okay. We have a little bit of a dis- discrepancy, my friend. This, not only that, it was a discrepancy that I don't think 
either of us saw because when you were giving when you were giving your grade, I was like, "What? No!" I thought like the whole time I was like, "Do I really give this an A plus?" Because we're just going to be the two of us giving this an A plus. I'm very surprised by uh, by your reaction. Yeah, I'm actually. I, I wasn't expecting. I was going into this expecting like to to love it because it's a Zoidberg episode, and I, you know, I think this is a. I, I don't think this is a bad episode. I think there are some problematic parts that really stuck out to me this time. But I wasn't expecting that to uh, to stick out to me, and I think that's it was surprising to me, and it certainly is surprising to you, and probably surprising to the our audience. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely surprised by that one, but um, I don't know. I mean, the my my only my only really big complaint about the episode is that there are a couple of parts that are just gross. I don't really need to see a uh, green frothy ocean when everybody's mating. Sure. It's, you know, but it's a it's a small thing and like I said, I don't agree with the way that Fry handles himself, but you know, he's a character and I'm I'm willing to let that go in this case. Sure. Um especially because we see later on in in later episodes Fry definitely does have a heart. I mean, he's he is a, a good guy. Sure. In in his heart. It's not like Zap where I have issues with sure, Zap. Sure, but I think this this then puts this even more in in kind of a micro a microscope because he's acting he usually has a heart and he's acting like he does not have one here, which is very fascinating to me then. What about this time frame for Fry is le- making him not have this usual open-hearted kind of thing. And and Fry always has this weird kind of uh, open-heartedness to him where it's kind of closed in some ways but but this is this just seems almost really out of character for him well i mean i don't i don't even necessarily know about that because in a lot of later episodes i mean it's it's new up to the point we've seen for sure sure but we see in a lot of later episodes he does a lot of he does a lot of things sort of opposed to his own self when sex is on the line because there are episodes entirely involved like the the one where he uh ends up dating um the bureaucrat because it it's sex like that's where i think that's his point where he's just like all right i mean i'm gonna do a lot of dumb stuff now because i can maybe get some sure but this isn't even a point where he's trying to get the sex he just wants his buddy to he just wants his buddy to get some which again i'm not i'm not defending i'm sure. just saying no i i understand i just uh, the, i think this is just for me this is a bridge too far in this episode for okay. I, I i i wasn't expecting it to be that way but no i'm not i'm not arguing it i'm just i i'm sure. just trying no. to make the the distinction between my uh continued um distaste for zap's questionable behavior where i'm not really questioning fry's behavior sure and i understand you there uh, i i think it's just at this point a personal uh feeling about the way people acted in this episode and and you know what what that ends up being in the quality of the episode then okay so i i think that's it all right well you know if if you have strong feelings about this one way or the other uh feel free to get in contact with us absolutely as always, our email address is back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. And don't forget, 
rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. It uh, always helps us out. Yep, it it gets us onto those those lists that people see when they th- when they see podcasts, and you never know what might happen. Fool your friends into listening oh, to this dumb oh, podcast. Oh, please fool them to listen to this dumb thing because we do it and it's dumb. April first is coming up, so you know practice that bit where you're like, "Hey, I've got this great podcast for you to check out." <laughs> Boy, you. <laughs> Boy, do you have 30 minutes to spare? Boy, howdy. I've got a 45-minute podcast that'll knock your socks off. <laughs> That's going to do it for us for this episode. As always, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the, the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.